Lift your two hands to Jesus with me today. Everyone online, everyone in this room, say, I put my trust in you, Father. Somebody let him know, Father, I'm aware that you did not create me to worry. You did not create me to fear. You created me to worship daily. Lift your two hands to him. Say, Father, surrender my life to you afresh today. In worship, in praise, in submission. Say, Father, let the heavens open over my life afresh. Somebody, will you just let him know, I want to cast my cares upon you, Father. Just roll my burdens on you today. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to watch any man. I'm not here to look at anybody. I'm not here to be pretty. I'm here that I can unleash and uh, release my worries, my anxiety, my burdens. You are the burden bearer. You specialize in handling burdens and cares and worries. And I recognize you as a God who is beautiful for every situation. Wave those hands to him all over this place. Father, we roll our burdens on you today. You said we should cast our, cast our cares upon you because you care about us. So we ask that you have your way in every life. Everyone right here present, everyone online, everyone at the different expressions. Joining us today, we speak grace, we speak peace, and we ask right now, let burdens be rolled away. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we receive divine serenity upon somebody's heart. We enforce shalom, the peace of God, over you and your household. The Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but in the morning comes joy. We decree that a season of joy has come upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus. One more time today, wave your hands to him in worship and just bless him. That's what we're created to do. That's what we're created to do. Just to worship. Just to bless him. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all of his benefits. Come on, bless him today. Bless him today. Bless him today. Bless him today. Father, we bless your name. We worship you. We honor you as the God of all flesh. The one who is beautiful for every situation. We thank you. And we bless you. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Can I get a better amen, somebody? One more time today. Can you put your hands together? Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. All right, I want to welcome everyone to church today, everyone right here in the room, everyone joining us online, and everyone at the different expressions of the Elevation Church connected to this service. Can we put our hands together and welcome everyone? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, before I get into the Word of God, I just want to encourage everyone that if there's a time to focus your attention on God, and to just trust him to take care of you. This is the time. This is that time. This is that time. So you have to make a conscious decision to say, worry will not rule my life. I will not be driven by fear or anxiety. I will just put my trust in him. Because when I didn't have a mind to think, <laughs> he was thinking about me. Yeah. 
he was thinking about me. He was thinking about me. And he said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, the thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. Can somebody say after me, say, my future is secured in my creator. Say, God has great plans for me. Say, I will hold my peace and he will fight my battles. If you believe that, shout it, believe in it. Amen. Yeah. I want to encourage everyone to pray, especially for our nation. Uh, from wherever you're joining us from, whether you're a Nigerian or not, we encourage you to pray for our nation this week. We are going to the last lap of the elections. We must play our part, which is to go out there, vote, protect our vote, and then trust God that the will of God will be done. But we have to pray towards it so that everything will work out well and our country will not be thrown into any kind of anarchy. We forbid the spirit of anarchy over this country in the name of Jesus. May the peace of God reign supreme over this nation from the north to the east to the south and the west. Oh, somebody say better, amen. amen. All right, let's get into the word of God today. It's just uh, uh, always a pleasure and a privilege to bring you God's word. Uh, my team and I uh, have worked, you know, on this series, which we have tagged uh, Matters of the Heart. And if you have not been in church, I want to encourage you to get the messages, to get the messages and listen again and again. I'm going to push it a little further today. But before I get into that, I just want to bring one or two people up to speed. We started out from Proverbs 4 and 20, verse 23, which says, Guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it flows the issues of life. One translation says, protect your heart intentionally, because it affects everything that you do. It affects everything that you do. Everything. Everything. God is a covenant keeper. He keeps his promises in his word towards us. But when our heart is not in the right place, nothing is guaranteed. Because the heart of the matter, like we have said, is a matter of the heart. God has great things in store for you and I, prepared for us. But our heart is a repository, the place of incubation and the release of God's blessings. And when the heart is corrupt, when the heart is under an attack, it will not be able to deliver. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 12, verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. So, everything is flung out of the heart. The heart is the repository. It's where the, the destiny is incubated, where grace is appropriated, and when that heart is malfunctioning, when it's under an attack, it will not be able to produce maximally. Don't forget, it's our year of unusual elevation. God has prepared to elevate you, to lift you, to bless you, to make you a blessing. But your heart must be in the right place. Your heart, that's why it says guard your heart. You know, like I, I said in, in one of the previous messages, some of us invest a lot in protecting our home, protecting our assets. Yeah, you even have insurance upon insurance and all kinds of protection. But when it comes to our heart, it's an open field sometimes. We just leave it. 
you know, unguarded, unprotected. So anything goes. You allow anything to enter your heart, yet you can't allow everybody to enter your bedroom. But yet your heart is unfenced, unprotected, no boundaries. It's time that we pay attention to our heart. And in this race, we've also been dealing with the enemies of the heart. The fact that the heart cannot function properly. The soul of man, the, 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 the foundation of my existence cannot be maximized in God if I will not pay attention to eliminate the enemies of the heart. You know, we can point at people who are our enemies and sometimes even pray that God will kill them. <laughs> but if you cannot handle the enemies that you cannot, the enemies of the heart, in this series, we've taught offense, for instance. We've taught anger. Offense is a blessing blocker. When you allow offense in your heart, it limits the hand of God over your life. We've taught anger. Anger creates an atmosphere for the devil to walk. That's why people commit the highest form of error in their lives when they are emotional and angry. People have gone to jail for um, you know, uncontrollable anger. Just break something on somebody person slums and, you know, charged for manslaughter. Simple as that. Or mother, as the case may be. Just because of anger. And they say, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. Anger invites the devil into the affairs of your life, just like other negative emotions. So you can't carry it. You can't be carrying it and cutting it like your best friend or your girlfriend or boyfriend. Because that's how some people deal with anger. You just invite it closer. Ephesians 4, verse 26, the Bible says, Be angry, but sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil, verse 27. Yeah. So it's important that you reckon with this, that the enemies of the heart are not things you keep in your heart. They reduce the functionality of grace upon your life. So uh, uh, what do we do with the enemies of the heart? We eliminate them. So as we outline them through this series, we eliminate, we trust God for grace to deal with them. And I, I want to go a little further today. Another enemy of the heart that we're dealing with today is called pride. Pride, 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 pride. Pride is a special enemy of the heart because it, it, most of us will never come to terms with our level of pride. You can't challenge somebody about pride and they easily accept it. Because the metrics are not, are not you know, very easy to deal with. Until certain things start to happen, some people never come to terms with the fact that pride is in their heart. And the funny thing about pride also is that it, it's not about status. You can be poor and be proud. You can be insignificant and be proud. Yeah. You know, it's easy to see pride in rich people. <laughs> but pride in a poor person is masked. But pride is still there. And that's what keeps some people at that level. The Lord will deliver us this season. Amen. Or somebody say a better amen. amen. Let's dive into this. Let's dive into this very quickly. Enemies of the heart, pride. I want you to hear me ask your neighbor, are you proud? Yeah. 
Most people just say, oh, no, no, it's not me. You know, this message of today, pastor is not talking about me. I'll just write everything down and go and show my spouse. Yeah. I'll just write everything down and take it to my boss tomorrow. Yeah. In fact, some people in their mind, they have already booked this message for their boss. Say, so this is that my boss needs to listen to this one. But you are here, your boss is not here, so listen. Yeah, listen. First Peter chapter 5, I read from, va- from verse 5, 6, and 7. First Peter 5, from verse 5, New, Living, I mean, New King James Version, says, Likewise, you young people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud. Somebody say, God resists the proud. Or say it one more time, say, God resists the proud. Yeah. It says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Gives grace to the humble. Say, therefore, verse 7, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares. Casting all your cares. How many of your cares? I said, how many of your cares? Love this verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter 5. Casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Yeah. Because pride also manifests as excessive care and worry. Because you feel, you know, some people say, at this level, I should not be. You know? <laughs> and you don't know it's pride. That nothing, you know, nothing is beneath you, really. Because some. <laughs> Glory be to God. It just came to my mind one day I was, I was counseling somebody, and, uh, you know, the guy seems to, not seems to, the guy's very rich. So, you see, when you have control of resources, you also feel that there are certain parts of life you should be able to control. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. So before you know it, you actually don't know that there are some things you cannot control. Because when you have resources, you think you control resources at everything and make it happen. So when you hit a roadblock. Instead of being aware that I'm already stepping into a, 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 a pride, you are disenfranchised. And you still want to force your way through. See, I'm surrounded with a lot of people who have means. And I believe my work in their life is to help them see the boundary that they should know you know, pass. So that you don't destroy themselves. Yeah. When you are afflicted with affluence, <laughs> you start to feel invincible. Like the world revolves around you. It's still pride. Submitting to the will of God. Submitting to boundaries, I'm going to get there in a minute, I'm preempting myself, is one of the ways we demonstrate real humility. So like I said before, poor people fight it because you think it's because I don't have means that people are riding rough shots over me. Why 
People with means feel I should have my way all the time. But the Bible says here, when pride is involved, it is God himself that resists the proud. What does it mean to resist? It means to limit, to push back. Yeah. And sometimes, it's not just to limit and push back. It's to push back to ground zero. Which, which, which is not good at all. And I pray that will not be anybody's portion here. So the Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And he said, therefore, humble yourself. Tell your neighbor for me, say, I will humble myself. When we refuse to humble ourselves and God decides to humble us, it is what is called shame. Yeah. It is called shame. God has no plan to shame anybody. Shame is only reserved for people who cannot embrace simple humility. To humble yourself. There's an exclusive preserve, it's an exclusive preserve in God's level for people who cannot humble themselves. Then you will recommend shame. Shame will not be your portion. I said shame will not be your portion. Just to buttress what I'm saying, let, let's go to Daniel chapter 4. The Bible is replete with all kinds of people that God had to humble, which human beings will now see and say, ah, this is shameful. One of such people in the Bible is a king called Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 4, was, God was forced to humble him. When you read from verse 28, because of time, let's cut through to verse 28. But I needed to understand before I read that Nebuchadnezzar was not an ordinary person. So if you're listening to me right now and you have some good money in your account or some great things are happening in your life, please be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. You're under the influence of this service because God wants to warn you and prepare your heart for your next level so that you will not be restricted, you will not be limited. There's more with God than what you have experienced. And life is about perspective. Yeah, life is about perspective. People ask me in some places, you know, uh, maybe journalist interview or just, uh, just talking amongst, and people ask, so how come you don't, you know, you are the pastor, the global pastor of this church, and you don't, you don't behave it. I said, what is there to behave? No, no, this, that's the truth because it depends on your perspective, your altitude of decision making or your altitude of where you gain perspective from compared to where God is taking this ministry. We are still scratching the surface. This is like... <laughs> no, <laughs> See, this is like... When somebody is celebrating in the first 15 minutes of a match, that is 90 minutes. So you score one goal, you are doing backflip, 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 until you break your back. How are you going to play the rest? Yeah. See, as much as it's good to rejoice, over rejoicing sometimes is over celebrating yourself. And the journey is still far. Yeah. So you have this small company now that is 0.001% of market share. You don't even have 1% of the market. And nobody can talk to you again. Eh? 
Bros, relax now. It's about perspective. Yeah, I know, I know you, are, you are doing well, but it's perspective. Where is God taking you compared to where you are? Because what happens when you refuse to gain perspective is that God resists. He will peg you. Peg you at that level because you refuse to gain perspective. Nebuchadnezzar, you know, uh, was king over Babylon. Babylon today is, is in Iraq. In fact, the, the Babylonian, the, 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 the realm of Nebuchadnezzar, where he was flexing here, was maybe about 50 miles from the city of Baghdad. Saddam Hussein tried to rebuild Nebuchadnezzar's empire, if you remember. And he did some, you know, he did a, you know, some, some, some Americans call it the Disney for despots. That's what he called what he was trying to do. And you know what happened during the Iraqi war? Everything was destroyed again. But the, 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 where I'm going is that under Nebuchadnezzar's rule, Babylon was the most modern city of the ancient world. This was over 4,000 years ago. The most modern city of the ancient world. It was the home of the, you know, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, the hanging gardens of Babylon. So this guy was not just flexing for nothing. Yeah. That's where the Tower of Babel was built in Babylon. And those days, the kings, you know, it's not like today where Russia will attack Ukraine and Ukraine will be getting support and war will be going on for one year. Those days, they just take over. They just annex places. His kingdom was growing very well, just taking over many other places. And in verse 28 of Daniel chapter 4, the Bible says, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the twelfth month, the, uh, of the twelfth month, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, look at that, hear this. Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power? And for the honor of my majesty. The Bible says, while the words, while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice, God reacted from heaven. A voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and they shall drive you from men and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen and seven times shall pass, as in seven seasons or seven years, until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. Because you think you are the next best thing after sliced bread. So that's why you have this Babylon, you know. The Bible says, he gives it to whomever he wills. It's not because you are special. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. 
He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Time will not permit me to read, you know, more. But when you read verse 34, the Bible says, And at the end of time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised him, and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. You know it's easy to clap for Nebuchadnezzar when he was saying this. <laughs> but you must not go through the route that he went through to be able to say that. Because it took seven years being banished to the backside of nowhere and being reduced to like animal for his sense to then return back to him. He said, my understanding returned to me Nebuchadnezzar was sentenced to seven years of well, PhD in humility. Yeah. Since he had refused to humble himself before God, that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. You know how many people have been banished on a daily basis, it's just that we can't see it immediately. It's important that we recognize that God wants us to humble ourselves. Pride is the enemy of the heart. That's why it's so difficult even to recognize it. Proverbs 16 and verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Let's analyze this thing a little more. Pride. What is pride? Pride is the pleasure that comes from some relationship, association, achievement, or possession that is seen as a source of honor, respect, and all that. Pride comes from who I feel I am, what I think I've achieved, the kind of network and association that I believe I have accomplished. That's where pride starts to come from. And we can't overemphasize the fact that pride sets us set up a fight with God. Yeah. That's what pride does. It just sets people in a fight with God. Because God is trying to say, you know, humble yourself. Pride is saying, no, I'm going to push. Let me dig a little deeper. The seed of pride are sown when qualities or achievements that distinguish us from others begin to steer in us a sense of superiority. The important word there is superiority. That sense of superiority. The seed of pride. The seed of pride are sown when qualities or achievement that distinguish us from others begin to steer in us a sense of superiority. So let's ask the big question today. What are those qualities or achievements that seek to distinguish you from others 
that may be steering a sense of superiority in your heart. It's very important. Who do you think you are? That, you know, distinguish you, really. Is in, in the, I mean, uh, if we break it down further, we say, is it in the looks, the appearance, or some unique talent that you have, or capabilities that seek to, you know, just differentiate you? And I want you to be practical with this message today and think deeply because that's the only way you can start to come to appreciation of, of, of certain ways and certain places where pride may have, been, may have crept into your heart. Yeah. We put, put, put the next slide on. When you look at the qualities or the achievements, some of the things I put on the screen, which one of these things are you getting in trouble with? Because in these days of social media, some people over-celebrate, you know, their assets. Some people over-celebrate their physical look. As if you are the one that chose your genetics before you were born. Yeah. Because the reason why some people look the way they look is just because some people gave birth to you. Some more than that. You did not put one effort so it's like somebody like me now to be, to be trying to pride myself in the fact that I, uh, I'm slim when I did not do anything. Yeah, I, I mean, other people may do some things to keep themselves slim, but me, there's nothing that I've done to be slim like this. <laughs> Maybe the only thing is I fast, you know, periodically. Apart from that, and I'm not fasting because I want to be slim. I'm fasting because I want to see the face of God. Yeah. If you gather all your food together, all this, this row, everybody says, all your food, and come and feed me with it. <laughs> My weight has not passed 70 in the last five years. <laughs> And I did not do anything. And for some people, that is a, the biggest testimony. <laughs> that they can be proud of. I, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's how it happens. Somebody here has a gift. A gift of making money. You snap your finger. Money comes. God gave you entrepreneurial skills and help you to polish it to a certain level and put his favor on it. And then because of that, nobody can talk to you again. Yeah. Somebody, you, you look good, and we know. <laughs> but because of that, you think you are superior to everybody. Pride starts to enter. The scripture says, what do you have that you have not received? And if you have received it, why are you behaving as if you have not received it? John 15 and verse number 5. He said, abide in me. He, he, he said, uh, uh, no, he said, I'm divine and you are the branches. He said, he who abides in me and I in him bear much fruit. For without me, he said, without me, so it's important that we understand it. So, achievement, whether it's social status, put that slide back on the screen. Whether it's social status, network, net worth, 
popularity, trophies. All these things push us, can push us to the point where we start to feel so superior, you know, to other people. And pride will start to get in. You know, in, in, in my native language, Yoruba, there's a slang that, that gained notoriety not too long ago because of a particular song. Buga. And in this part of the world, people sang it a lot. At some point, it was like the national anthem in every party. Yeah. And as much as that brings fun and all, when you allow such things to seep into your heart, you know, we want to do buga. You know, we want to... Before you know it, it starts to actually affect your disposition towards yourself. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. So you want to flaunt everything. You want to, you know, you just want to unapologetically show your superiority. But the Bible says that Buga can take you away from love work. Say, Pastor, where did you get that from? First Corinthians 13. When you read verse 4, 5, and 6. Our life as believers is premised on the love of God being released through us. And the Bible described that love. It said, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Yeah. It said, love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. That's the love of God in Christ. I don't know how I want to work in love and I want to overbuga at the same time. Yeah, because love is not puffed up. And that's how pride starts to set in. Because I, I start to put all these things be, be, behind. I said, love does not puff up, does not behave itself rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, think no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Uh, uh, this message is coming to us so that we can recalibrate our hearts and, and locate the different places where we need help to just, you know, to bring down our propensity for pride so that we don't pit ourselves against God or pit God against us. And I know I'm talking to people who have, who have some accolades and trophies and, you know, and all that. But you need to understand that your life is not just about your social status. Your life is not just about, you know, your unique talents or your capa capabilities. We live in a world today that is filled with a celebrity culture. Yeah. Somebody can sing as a gift from God and maybe has also invested in mastering that gift. And that just qualifies the person to be superior to all of us. And the person can say anything, do anything, behave anyhow, and we are bound to celebrate their pride and condescend just because, you know, just because the person has a special gift. And all of us will be feeding their pride until God destroys them. So people who enter celebrity culture are entering into endangered species zone. zone. That's the truth. It's an endangered species zone. It's, it's, it, I mean, I'm not saying that it's wrong to be a celebrity. 
Just know that you are an endangered species. Yeah, because at that point, your heart is endangered. The moment pride starts to enter it, and at some point, you may not be able to control it again and start to pitch God against you. Because the Bible says, God resists the proud. I read this uh, from a book a few years ago. Uh, Dr. James Dobson, who is a renowned uh, family life practitioner in the U.S., has written many books, and um, uh, um, the popular radio program uh, on, on family. I've forgotten what it's called now. Family First. Focus on the Family by James Dobson. James Dobson wrote something about, you know, his life at some point. He said, uh, um, what people fail to realize is that all achievements are eventually surpassed. Records are broken. Reputations fade. And tributes are forgotten. He said this about himself. In college, my, my goal was to become the school's tennis champion, which I achieved. I felt proud when my trophy was prominently placed in the school's trophy cabinet. Years later, someone mailed me that trophy. The person had found it in a trash can when the school was being remodeled. <laughs> Look at this. James said, given enough time, all your trophies will be trashed by someone else. Living to create an earthly legacy is a short-sighted goal. A wiser use of time is to build an eternal legacy. How somebody is getting wisdom from this? Glory be to God. Four ways quickly to get rid of pride from your heart as I you know, wrap this up. Four ways to get rid of pride from your heart. One, constantly acknowledge God as your source. Constantly acknowledge God as your source. If you want to get rid of pride from your heart, constantly acknowledge God as your source. I am not the source. I am just the conduit. Constantly acknowledge God as your source. When you constantly acknowledge God as your source, one of the things it will do to you is that it will give you a stewardship mindset, not the ownership mindset. To be able to say, I'm not the owner, I'm just a steward. You know, like Nebuchadnezzar, when he starts to say, by my own hand, I have done this. Rather than saying, of my own, I can do nothing. Of myself, I can do nothing. Like Paul said, I can only do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So, I don't have anything of my own. You know, I, you know, I shudder when I hear, for instance, pastors refer to their ministry as my church. My church. You know, when I sit in conversation with pastors, uh, sometimes if it's somebody I'm familiar with, I rebuke them sharply. It's not your church. It's God's church. Yeah. If you catch me saying my church, I will apologize and, re and, re 
and rephrase immediately. This is not my church. It's our church under God. It's God's church. Because there are some things we say that predisposes us to, I mean, that predispose us to pride and preach God against us. I know you have this small business. You are the one that started it. Or maybe it has grown now. And all the time you just say it. You know, in my business. In, you know, this. You know, all my staff. My everything. My, my, my. I did this. I did that. Before you know it starts to enter your head. But when you constantly acknowledge God as the source you see yourself as a steward. Men, listen to me. All this, my house, my house, my house. That cannot happen in my house. In my house. In my house. This is my house. Should God remove his grace and his favor? Then you will know who owns the house. Yeah. What happens to our house? Acknowledging the fact that we are building something together. Because a lot of the time, especially in our own culture, women feel alienated because of the way some men talk. It breaks their heart when a woman has been with you for 20 years and you cannot even say our house. Even when some women <laughs> contribute and put money, some men still open their mouth and still say, my house. It's a manner of talking that I'm talking about. And that's a bit of a culture that does not align with the word of God. We must always talk about it. Yeah. And sometimes it's also, it can be a woman too. Because you are the one that built the house. You literally maybe married your husband into your house. Because you paid for the house. Or you are paying the rent. And because of that, nobody can talk to you again because you paid rent. It is rent. It has limits. Yeah. And pride has already entered you because you paid rent as a woman. I know you feel like it's not, it shouldn't be you paying the rent. So because you now pay the rent, it makes you superior so that nobody can talk to you again. Let's be careful. Let's be careful. Let's be careful. Because if God wants to humble that kind of person, you won't be able to pay the next rent. Yeah. Let's be careful. Because these things are destroying homes. And it's pride. It's pride. Let's constantly acknowledge God. When God passes resources through you, money through you, something through you, acknowledge that it's God. I know it came through me. But it should humble me that God chose me to use me. It should not enter my head. Praise God. Yeah. So acknowledge God in public and private conversation, thoughts and action. Young people, listen to me. This one, God bless my also. God bless my also. That's where it starts from. Because you think it's your also. So when you now have small now, it's my own. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. Stop all those things, my also, my also. No. Father, bless the work of my hand. Make it prosper. The moment you start to speak to yourself in such a way that makes you feel like you are suffering alone, you are, you know, when the money starts to come, you want to also chop it alone. 
Because you have created something around you that makes you feel, you know, I've struggled so much. It's my also, my also. No. We need to start to work on our language because it predisposes us to bad behavior when we start to get results. I don't know if somebody's getting something out of this. And also, acknowledging God also means that there's no disregard for God's word. Disregard for God's word is one of the most dangerous forms of pride. When God says this is the boundary, pride says I will push it. Yeah. Whether in marriage, in your finances, pride is what wants you to test the boundary of God's word. You know, some people, as I'm speaking right now, you are still fighting what I'm saying. That's why the fact I'm quoting the Bible. Yeah. And it's still pride, whether you like it or not. And that's why I'm speaking to you. Relax. God wants to help you. Don't be a fighter all the time. It's because some people come to church to come and fight pastor. I want to see what he will say today. That man, his mouth, his mouth, his mouth is too... Sometimes I wish God would play some people's conversation in the car on their way home to me. <laughs> but sometimes I get the feedback. A woman called me one day. Say, Pastor, huh, as we are going home today, everything you said, my husband canceled it in the car. Yeah. <laughs> everything you said, my husband canceled it in the car. When I tried to tell him to say, ah, but PG said this, he said, go on, move in with him. Go to his house. Go and be living in his house. Yeah. <laughs> because in this our house, this is what I'm going to do. If it's what PG said or what the Bible, go move to PG's house. The woman said, I was just looking straight. He said, Well, I've entered this one chance first. Yeah. <laughs> May God help us. May our hearts be open to his word in the name of the Lord Jesus. Constantly acknowledge God as a source. This Romans chapter 8, when you read from verse 12, it warned us to say, look, don't, don't, don't forget, don't forget. It describes something from here. Say, so when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. Next verse, quickly. Next verse, quickly. And when your heart and your flock multiply, your silver and your gold are multiplied, you know, and all that. When your heart is lifted, yeah, you know, it was just talking about all the beautiful things that can happen. And then all God has done, he said, don't forget. When you go to, jump to verse 18, he said, after all this, all the things that you have enjoyed, after all this, yeah, and you shall remember the Lord your God, who is your source. For it is he who gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he saw to your fathers this day. Glory be to Jesus. Secondly today, return the glory and praise to God all the time. Return the glory and praise to God all the time. All the time. Return the praise and glory to him. Many of us are taking too much praise to ourselves. 
Being mindful of how you deal with praise, compliment, and adulation is very important. Yeah. Social media is not helping today because you see some post where somebody is hailing somebody. Supreme King. Handsome man. And then people will do their picture and they also be walking as it's been, you know. I see some of those posts. I mean, they are fun things to watch. But make sure it's not doing the wrong thing to your heart. I hope you are getting what I'm saying. Make sure it's not doing the wrong thing to your heart. Yeah. I love some of those posts. Some of them are actually gorgeous posts. And some people know how to rock those posts. Because they post, they do everything, arrange and package, and then put the mem on it and, you know. But what's it doing to your heart? If it's doing the wrong thing to your heart, then don't, you can't handle it. Don't do it. Are you getting the balance of what I'm saying right now? Yeah. If it's doing the wrong thing to your heart, don't do it. There's a level of praise and adulation that is not meant for man. Man will malfunction when you receive excessive praise. Only God can handle praise and it doesn't affect him. You see, thousands of us in this room right now, imagine all these people are singing your praise. You may not sleep tonight, though. You may just feel like, <laughs> you know, on top of the world. Because you are not built to handle praise. That's what destroyed people in the Bible. They felt, you know, they could handle praise. In, 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 in. And, and when we take too much to ourselves, God reacts violently sometimes. Remove things from people so that they can calm down. You see some people, eh? As good as it is to celebrate birthday, there's a one you will do that God will make sure you won't do the next one. God resists the proud. I'm telling you the truth. I've seen pastors, rich people, who celebrate milestone birthday and get into trouble because of how they went about. Not because birthday celebration is wrong. Don't quote me wrong. Yeah. But the motive, the heart, and everything, everything is just wrong. The, the entire packaging. In, in Acts chapter 12 here, a king, Herod, received this adulation and this, this oration. It was so bad that God, God could not wait. Acts 12 from verse 21. So on a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of man. Then immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him. God could not wait. Because he did not give glory to God and was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. <laughs> what a way to end the verse. <laughs> Am I saying it's bad to celebrate? Not at all. But what is your motive? And who are you giving praise to? Is it all about yourself? Or about the one who gave you everything? Glory be to Jesus. Number three, quickly, submit daily to God in worship and prayers. 
Time of worship and prayer allows us to reset our heart and remove any trace of pride. When you lift your hand, when you kneel, when you worship God, both even the physical gesture sometimes is doing something to your heart. Whatever and whoever can bring me to my knee must be my God. Yeah. So when I go on my knees for my God, even hell knows that this is not about me. I'm submitting to somebody that is higher than high. Glory be to Jesus. So prayerlessness is a surefire sign of pride. It means I don't need God. So this one that you go five days without praying is still a, 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 a source of pride. A source of pride. It's very important. And if pride is like cancer in our body, then prayer and worship are like the radiotherapy or chemotherapy that goes to the root of it and strike it and try to kill that pride. The more I spend time in the place of worship, yeah, the more pride goes down. If you have not been worshiping for a long time, Pride may have built up. Yeah, that's when you feel like, except I do this, except I do that, except I hustle, I, uh, it's by me, it's my hand, it's my skill, it's my brain, it's my this. Bring everything to the place of worship. Bring everything to the place of worship. When you get to read Revelation chapter 4, verse 9 to 11, you read about the 24 elders and how they consistently, you know, worship God. Forever and ever. I said, you know, they bring worship to him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before him. And say, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things. And by your will, they exist and are created. Glory be to Jesus. Lastly today. You know, everything I've said before now is about God. And I will submit to God. Lastly. One very important way by which we deal with pride is to check our relationship with other people. If you want to deal with pride, practice genuine humility in your relationship with other people. Yeah. And how do you do that? Honor others regardless of their social status and wealth. Watch how you speak to people. Watch how you deal with people. You see, when some people see important people, the way they will be sucking up to them, like there's no tomorrow. But any other human being, you can deal with them anyhow. It's still pride. It's pride. In our daily life, practice genuine, genuine humility. Another way you can practice your new humility in your daily life is to ask questions and recognize the limit of your knowledge. You know some people, instead of asking for a way, they can miss their way four times. They say, I'm not asking. I'm not asking. Yeah, I should know this. You don't know it. Humble yourself. In marriage counseling, sometimes some people will say, if, you, if the day you talk to anybody about our marriage, that's the day this marriage will end. Meanwhile, you are not equipped with enough wisdom to handle what you are going through now. Yeah. Wisdom is not automatic. People acquire it. 
Talk to the person who has acquired it. Let them give you so you can use it. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like somebody who met, um, was it Muhammad Ali or somebody like that on the plane? He said, you should wear seat belt. He said, Superman don't need seat belt. The man looked at him and said, Superman does not need jet. So if you wear seat belt, go down and be flying yourself. Have you seen Superman riding jet before? Yeah. That's the way some people behave. He said, wear your seat belt. He said, Superman needs no seat belt. So Superman does not need jet too. So go down. And that's the way some of us, you want to remain married, you need wisdom. Yeah. So you need, sometimes you need a third party to speak in. You need a sense of wisdom, something that will quicken your mind. So all this one of, I can handle it, I can handle it. You can't handle it. It would be destroyed in your hand if you don't humble yourself. I was counseling a lady one day, she said, 10 years of marriage, pastor. My husband has never said sorry. Yeah. Practical humility demands that you say sorry when you are wrong. If you are not predisposed to apologies, you are proud. And may God help you. <laughs> Admit wrong and apologize when needed. That, I'm talking practical. Measurable. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. Lift your two hands to God today. Say, Father, help me to embrace humility. If you don't mind, can you stand? Can you stand all over this place? Everyone online, at the other centers. Say, Father, help me. Say it again. Say, Father, help me to embrace humility. Say, help me to embrace humility. Lift your two hands and speak to God today. Lift your two hands and speak to God today. Pray for wisdom to humble yourself and to embrace practical humility. Wisdom to humble yourself and embrace practical humility. Just talk to God today. Talk to God today. Talk to God today. I receive wisdom to humble myself to live a life of practical humility. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In any way that pride is standing and making God to resist my progress. I receive the mercy of God today. Somebody pray for mercy. I receive the mercy of God today. In any way that pride is manifesting in my heart. I receive the mercy of God today. I receive the mercy of God today. I receive the mercy of God today. Somebody lift your voice right now and pray that pride will no longer close doors of opportunities against you. In the name of Jesus, that pride will no longer close doors of destiny against you. That pride will no longer close doors of destiny against you. Somebody speak to God today. Release your heart to Him. Say, Father, fill my heart with grace to embrace humility. To embrace humility. Let him hear your voice today one more time. Just talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him about any area of life where pride may have entered into your heart. Is it based on your achievement, your social status, your network? Where is this pride coming from? 
I want you to speak to God today. Speak to God today. All that I have, all that I am, they all belong to you. I'm a steward. I'm not the owner. You are the one doing everything. I will return all the glory to you. Somebody pray, Lord, give me a heart that celebrates you. Give me a heart that, that recognizes you as a doer of all good things. Thank you, everlasting Father. We honor your name. We honor your name. We honor your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lift your two hands with me, everyone. All over this room, everyone online, everyone at different expressions. Lift your two hands with me. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I speak grace over everyone under the influence of my voice. Everyone joining all over the world from all of our different expressions and online. I decree and declare, pride will no longer shut the doors of destiny against you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we stand in agreement of faith to rebuke the voice of pride in your life. Grace to embrace humility. Shame will be far from you. Pride will not pitch God against you anymore. Your home will not be destroyed because of pride. Your business will not be destroyed because of pride. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I receive for you the wisdom to walk with God with humility. You will not suffer the error of Nebuchadnezzar. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Thank you, Father. May shame be far from everyone's life. This season, you will not know any shame. Nothing will die in your hand as a result of pride. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may God fill your hand with grace for multiplication. As things grow in your life, may your humility increase. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you. Father, rescue anyone who may be under the stranglehold of pride right now. Rescue, rescue, rescue. We pray for your mercy and your grace in every life. We thank you, everlasting Father. Sit in the attitude of prayers. While we're still standing, everyone online at different expressions, can I pray for anyone under the influence of my voice today who may be saying, PG, I'm far away from God. I want to give my life to Jesus. And somebody who may be saying, I said a prayer before, but I backslid into sin. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. And I don't mind saying a prayer for God to come into my life. If you are the one I'm talking about, can you put your right hand on your heart? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Can you put your right hand on your heart? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Humility starts from acknowledging that I'm no longer in fellowship with God. And I want to humble myself to acknowledge that I'm far from God. If you are online, I want you to go to the chat or comment and just write it there. I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm rededicating my life to Jesus so that our officials can take charge and send you a link. If you are right in the room, right here, or at any other physical gathering, can I ask that you put your right hand on your heart and leave the second one up to Jesus right now. Lift the second hand up to Jesus. It's a sign of your surrender. Whether you're on the gallery, under the gallery, wherever you are, God is right there with you. Just lift the second hand up as a sign of your surrender to God today. God, who sees all, 
and who walks in awe will take charge of your life from this moment. With all else bowed, can I encourage anyone you want to say this prayer with me today? Put your right hand on your heart. Put the second one up as a sign of your surrender to God right now. Thank you for those hands. 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 If your hand is up, I want you to lift it well. You are lifting it to God and not to man. Glory be to Jesus. Can I request that everyone standing should sit quietly except for people whose hands are up. Just quietly. And just let's maintain an atmosphere of prayer right now. I want to pray for people whose hands are up and who are still standing. Yeah. Just sit quietly and just bow down your heads. Let's pray for these people right now. If your hand is up, I want you to just say this prayer after me right now. Right where you are, I want you to say this prayer after me. Right here and at every expression and online, please say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I ask that you forgive me my sins and cleanse me from every unrighteousness. Say, I humble myself before you today to accept you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Give me a new beginning from this moment. Fill my heart with your spirit. Cause the heavens to open over me. Let your favor overshadow me. I release my life to you as a living sacrifice from this moment forward. If you just said a prayer with me, can you walk to the house that is closest to you? We have our ministers who will just want to attend to you just for five minutes. Just walk to the house that is closest to you. Our ministers want to attend to you just for five minutes. Please, yeah, all over the hall. Just, just walk with them very quickly. We want to celebrate your courage, taking a decision to follow Jesus with your life. God will begin a good work in you. It will perfect it in the precious name of Jesus. Can we please appreciate all the bold people making a decision for Jesus today?